everybody. Welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. Somebody is getting cookies delivered to their house this week, and it is not me. So stay tuned for that information. Also, um, this week we're talking about sex, which is always a favorite topic of Laura's. But I wanted to introduce um, an exercise and an idea that I learned once a long time ago from a good friend of ours, Tina Shermer Sellers, who we interviewed way back in episode 69, which was fun for us. Tina is a great resource for any of you looking for sort of sex therapy ideas, particularly around sex and shame. But that's not really what we're talking about today. We're talking about something totally different. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I have some interesting facts. Okay. Because so my son has been doing this project at school on water conservation and they put up posters all over the school, which was basically like a call to action for other students trying to make a difference. How do we make a difference? We loop other people in, blah, blah, blah. And I saw a statistic that kind of blew my brains a little bit because uh, I grew up with my mom basically saying like, we got to wash our hand, wash our dishes, because if you run the dishwasher, it's using a lot of power, a lot of water, blah, blah, blah. What percentage of the household water usage is used by a dishwasher? Take a guess. Um, uh, I'm going to say 30. Okay. It is 1%. 1%. So this was, okay. uh, which is like very surprising to me, but I just wanted to share this with you that the largest amount of uh, water usage in a household is used by toilets. It's about 24% of your oh, total yeah. water usage is used by toilets, uh, followed up by looks like showers, followed up by uh, just faucets in general, and then uh, clothes washers. And so in our household, we have this, this terminology, man, the potty talk is big in our household, but if it's yellow, let it mellow. Do you know the rest of this? If it's brown, flush it down. Sure. That's right. If it's brown, flush it down. So I shared that with my son because he came home and he was like, mom, here's what we need to do. Blah, blah, blah. We need to be taking showers together. We're not going to take baths. Like he had a whole game plan. And I said, well, it looks to me like the largest amount of water is actually used by the toilet. So maybe we should do this if it's yellow let it mellow. Uh-huh. It's brown, flush it down. And he got so pumped. He was like, I'm going to make I, another poster. I can, see, I can literally see his face like going, oh, that's am- like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Like, you're, like my mom is so smart. She look so at this smart. thing she invented. Yeah. I know. I know. And now I have to go back to my mom and tell her that, you know, like the, the fear factor that she gave me when I was a kid of mm-hmm. not using the dishwasher is perfectly fine. We will you be can, using the dishwasher can, uh, all day long. Heal your childhood drama. That's right. 
That's my fun fact for the day. And I just wanted to inform the rest of you through my platform, Water Conservation Strategies. Well, I learned two things. One is about the the distribution of water in a household. And the second yeah. thing is that I'm very bad at estimating. Oh, 30%. <laughs> yeah. You were off by 29%. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. a lot. I, I was know. like, mm, it's got to be a lot. And the answer is going to be like 100. So I'm going to hedge down and be like, it's 30. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not actually that much. Anyway. Hey, you, you listen to this. This episode is going to come out on a Tuesday. Our episodes always come out on Tuesdays. I know, but Just, the, the, the day that this episode comes out, you and I will have finished our fantasy football matchup. Okay. We, I don't really want to talk. I, oh, we are? We're playing each Wait, other this week. This like week? This, this next week. So I hope recording. I beat you. I hope I, I break you your streak. I are you well, still? I don't have a streak. I'm not actually doing that great, but you've only won one game. That's true. So, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm terrified that you're going to beat me and then I'm going to have to like eat crow for... <laughs> The whole whatever, but anyway. If I win, I want you to send me a box of crumble cookies. Deal? This episode has been brought to you by crumble cookies. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know what crumble cookies are, but... Um, oh, no. Are you on an anti-sugar diet? Otherwise, I will send you a, no, a box not, of crumble cookies. I'm not. I just don't know what they are. Okay. I'm going to just, for a moment, explain to you what a crumble cookie is. So I don't even have to win and I'm going to get some crumble cookies. Probably because <laughs> I just look for reasons to send people. I sent my dad and my little sister a box of crumble cookies for their birthday. Okay. Um, a crumble cookie is about this big. So it's the size okay. of a newborn head, right? So it's giant around. Mm -hmm. I know this because I birthed uh, something this large at one okay. point. Okay. Do you like how I'm showing? <laughs> yeah, I can second imagine just the, the head coming through that okay. fake birth canal you made. That's right. So each cookie is probably about 700 calories because they're giant. And okay. every week they come out with a new series of flavors. They always have their traditional like chocolate chip they? cookie. Crumble. C-R-U-M-B-L. Oh. Oh, okay. And I don't know how it's a chain, but I think it's mostly, I'm guessing, maybe kind of on the West Coast. And they, you can buy boxes, but it basically every week you get five new flavors of cookies mm. and they are the Sounds most dangerous. amazing, intricate, different types of flavors. So I just buy a box of six and then they sit on my counter and eventually they all go bye-bye. Where do you get these? Um, crumble.com. C-R-U-M-B-L. No, no. These are, these are like the most amazing cookies you have ever had. Are you looking it up right now online? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. It's the hardest thing because it, yeah. I don't follow social media, but what used to happen is it would pop up and it would, ha they'd have these videos of like what type of cookie they were making that week. And yeah. sure enough, I would end up at crumble cookie. Like it's pretty delicious. Do you see the Marriage flavors? therapy radio on the Instagram is now following crumble cookie. All right. Yeah. Maybe they'll send us. Some cookies. Yeah, oh, we can become sponsors. <laughs> oh I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. Um, if you are, I learned something though about the Instagram. If you're not following us on the Instagram, please follow us on the Instagram. And if you are following on the Instagram, uh, apparently it helps if you write things. If you comment and you like things, then that moves us up toward the blue check. So if you're still in Operation Blue Hold check. on, what does it take for us to become a blue check? I don't know. I don't like know. Like 40,000 followers? Cookies is, they have a blue check, but they have 3.1 million followers. Yeah. So it would be cool if like, if you were in charge of crumble cookies, um, how many times can we say people? it? <laughs> <laughs> we refuse I, to see, release this episode. I thought when episode. you said you wanted me to send you a crumble cookie, that it was a style of cookie, like a cookie that crumbled. Mm -mm. But no, it's actually a crumble cookie, which is that brand the, name the brand. Yeah. 
I'm going to be buying some of these for myself. If yes, um, I know that there are some in Washington because I was able to. You'll have to see where the closest location find is. Find a crumble. There's a button you can push. Find a crumble. Find a crumble. Oh man! Wow. Okay, we got to get off crumble cooking. We got to talk about something important. Let's talk about sex. I like talking about it. Sex and cookies. It's like my favorite thing to do on a Tuesday. Uh, there's a song. I love sex and candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one in Lindenwood at the, at the Alderwood Mall. That's near my Perfect. house. That's close enough. There. So you can yeah. have it delivered or you can. So I ordered, this is, this is a true story. Um, I ordered crumble cookie. I was like, man, you know, it feels so good. I would love to have some crumble at 730 at night. And I pressed order. And by like 815, a woman was at my door with a box of warm cookies for me. And I just about lost it. Right on. It was amazing. Okay. Order now. I'm going to press this order now. Deliver. Are you really doing it? <laughs> no, but I'm going to eventually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just don't eat a whole cookie. The idea is that you take a cookie and you cut it into fourths and you eat a fourth of it. And that is your portion size. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about sex and cookies. Okay. But just the sex part. We're done with the cookie part. Okay. Yeah. So you were telling me before we started the podcast about uh, someone who's near and dear to me, because I don't know if you knew this, that I have been working with Tina Shermer Sellers um, as my supervisor for over a year now. Did you know that? Mm, Yeah. I did not know that. So you introduced me originally to Tina. We actually did an episode with Tina. So if you want to go back. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Episode 69. Get it, guys? Do you get it? Nice. If you have small children in the car, today yeah. is not an episode to listen to um, on your speakers. But um, you were telling me about an exercise that Tina introduced you to originally yeah. when you went to one of her workshops, yeah. Yeah. which is pretty neat. And so I said, okay, pause, let's hit record yeah. and let's actually talk about this because it was interesting enough to me to want to hear more. So yeah. hopefully our listeners want to hear more. Well, uh, the exercise itself is actually kind of like the icing on the cookie, if you will. Like it's <laughs> kind of the, it's kind of the end of our podcast, not necessarily the beginning The the exercise ex- exists because I am in a lot of conversations right now with people who are trying to wake up their sex life. Like that's just mm-hmm. the thing. Um, it comes, uh, it, as you know, things or maybe, I don't know if this is real or not, but I tend to think things come into my practice in waves. Yep. Um, maybe I direct that. Maybe I, maybe there's something unconscious I'm doing to like kind of key on that, but it feels like I'm having this conversation quite a bit. And I do remember, um, about an activity or an exercise that Tina led us through when we went to one of her workshops, it was a, I think it was a three or four day intimacy mm-hmm. kind of workshop thing, which was really great. We loved it. I don't know if she's still doing those, but uh, she we, does, should, yeah. we should plug them still. But I guess I'm wondering for you, particularly mm-hmm. as you're studying, like, what do you, what is the, what is the thing that you're using or teaching or offering or learning about how to move the needle for people who are just kind of atrophied? Um, mm. I'm actually hearing that word a lot, like atrophied muscles in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to be really good at this. Then maybe they had some kind of injury or a baby mm-hmm. or something. And then the injury, the, the, the muscles, they just kind of stopped working because we stopped using them. And, um, I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you're, what you're thinking about that. Did I, did I tell you too? Sorry. Terry has this joke. I don't think it's his joke. Terry real. Yeah. But he was talking about, um, the joke is something like, you know, sex, sex is really easy. Um, right up until you have your first baby. Okay. But don't worry. It bounces right back after the last baby leaves home. 
18 years later it's like or 25 like, years later sex is all great and easy and fun uh, you know and it makes all the sense in the world until you you know you have your first baby and then it then it falls off but don't worry it bounces right back after the mm-hmm. last baby leaves home anyway i think i'm talking to a lot of those people to be honest like so yeah. but i don't know I, i'm interested to hear what you're learning and what you may bring to the table as we as we try to like fully bake this idea well, that, was uh, that was good your dad jokes are on point I'm trying to think of all the cookie jokes I can think of. Yeah. Well, the, the, there will be many, I'm sure, as we go through this episode, um, which I think we should be sponsored by Crumble. We'll reach out to them. <laughs> but <laughs> I, the first thing I think of is why would you want to have sex that's not worth having? And I think that that's sort of like a Tina phrase is mm. when you're having sex that is pleasurable for both of you, then mm-hmm. it's sex worth having is uh, not only... Do people, I guess, end up sort of atrophying in having less mm-hmm. sex? Like it's just not as often. Maybe you've kind of hit the once every couple of months or you're like, as a female, I know that a marker that a lot of women recognize is like, oh man, it's my period again. I got my period and I haven't, we haven't had sex. That's kind of a natural marker mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're not having sex as often, but also the part that's atrophied is sex that's worth having. It's I'm not just having sex, not but more importantly, I'm not having sex I don't want to have. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think about, well, what is the type of sex that would be worth having? What's mm-hmm. the type of sex that you would crave? Kind of like a cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that piece, but also, as you said, things change about yourself. Like you put on 30 pounds during COVID and mm-hmm. suddenly you used to feel really comfortable having sex where you were on top or for just women. being naked being naked in general yeah. or being viewed or being like taken uh, in by the eye or taken in where your partner's touching your stomach. And it's like, gosh, you know what? Like I used to enjoy it when you touched my, my breasts or I used to enjoy it when you touched my stomach. But now that sends messages to my brain that takes me out of that opportunity to lean into sensation and lean into that pleasure because now I'm caught up on, it's almost like observing. What do my breasts look like? What does my mm-hmm. stomach look like? And mm-hmm. now I'm not able to fully engage. So in order to have sex that's worth having, I think we have to go back to thinking about what what feels good to me mm-hmm. and connecting. And all of those different erogenous zones change over time. The way that your brain connects with those change over time, which is why I really like this exercise that you were telling me about with Tina is an opportunity to re-engage and understand what does feel good to you mm-hmm. in a controlled environment, which I, think I really what, appreciated. Yeah. I mean, and, and when you said it, let's go back to what feels good. I was, I was actually thinking, I was finishing your sentence for you as I sometimes do. Um, but I was thinking back <laughs> with even or a without further. permission, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what is it for? Right. At first sex is for like, uh, like vetting partners, right? Is this good enough to keep going? Like, do I enjoy this? It's, it's playful, right? It's, it's sort of, I mean, at first when kind of you're getting to know somebody, then at some point, like right, sex that's becomes- That's a big assumption, by the way. There are many people that do not have sex prior to uh, vetting a partner. Like that piece comes after sure. the fact. I, I'm just saying like early, like, of course, of course there are nuances and there are differences. I think mm-hmm. I'm thinking about when the relationship is young and new and exciting and you're sort of getting to know each other. Sex is a recreational activity. It is that is that is kind of the standard on ramp to becoming sexually familiar with someone. Sure. At some point, sex becomes a procreational activity. It is about uh-huh. like making babies. And so 
for Rebecca and I, we had a hard time getting pregnant and we used to go through these periods that I'm sure people are familiar with where she would ovulate and we'd be like, okay, we got to go. We got to go. We got to have like, uh-huh. let's do it. Let's have sex like five times in two days. Like we got to nail, you know, and that wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. It was hard. It was hard work and it, yeah. and it was like a drag. And then, you know, it shifts and it changes again. And so I think part of what has to happen is you have to understand what am I doing this for? Am I mm-hmm. doing this for selfish reasons? Am I doing this for procreational reasons? Am I doing this for exercise? Am I doing it for, and that's Tina's thing is pleasure and connection. Mm -hmm. Sex is pleasure and connection, which I think when I'm talking to couples about waking it up, it doesn't have to be intercourse. Um, So you can have pleasure and connection, sexual pleasure and connection without penetration. Um, I know there are two people listening to this podcast right now and they hate when the I say intercourse or penetration, they're like, please don't say intercourse or penetration. So I will stop saying intercourse Are they married to each other? Yeah, they are. Okay. And um, they don't, what if I just, say the word it's, moist? It's moist, not their favorite. Moist um, penetration during well, intercourse? That's a that's an easy one. Um, <laughs> everybody hates moist. Um, my wife has a sentence that she hates and it's this sentence. The man in the dungarees said, may I have a slack portion of moist loaf? I've never heard that. That's detailed at love map right there. Is that, that is, but is that like something that you do to wake up your mouth? Like an actor where they're like, no, that is a sentence of words that Rebecca hates that she made up to let people know about words that she hates. Okay. All of them dungaree. Yeah. She hates dungarees. What is a dungaree? Is it like a shoe? Oh, okay. It's like overalls. Yeah. Um, by the way, I said the word moist and I'm trying to remind myself that that's a really good starting word for Wordle. Do you play Wordle? It's a five word. yeah. letter word and it has M S T, which are all somewhat R S T L N E. So not really yeah. M, but that's okay. And then it has two vowels. So I yeah. think moist would be, I always start with a rose. A-R-O-S-E. The day that moist was the word, everybody yeah. on social media, like Wordle social media was freaking out. <laughs> Okay, we got to go back to what I was we're on Facebook and I was about. like, this is a great word, isn't it, ladies? You know, nice word today, right? Am I right, ladies? <laughs> anyone? So, anyone? Anyone? Okay. okay. So, no, but I guess my point is uh, when we're thinking about waking this thing up, we need to not think about just having more frequent sexual intercourse. It's having intercourse or having not even intercourse because that I think intercourse assumes penetration and obviously this is very heteronormative, but um, we're talking about, and I guess what I'm talking about is understanding what feels good to you waking up and understanding, Hey, I am a 38 year old woman who has had a baby who has changed since I first started having Mm -hmm. sex with my husband. And going back and discovering for myself, what is the parts of my body that like to be touched that Mm -hmm. allow me to sink into pleasure Mm -hmm. and connection? Because Mm -hmm. there might be sex that I had when 16 years ago that allowed me to have connection Mm -hmm. that is not the same. But I think we've, in our brains, we just start assuming this is how my partner likes it. This is how I like it. And that's how we're going to have it for the rest of our life until we die. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put pause on that. And we're going to give you a different idea of how to lean into what might feel good for pleasure and connection today, not yeah. 16 years ago. And I think uh, Tina, Tina is really good about this. She calls, she calls what you're describing a boring sex fast. Oh. So like, we're going to label the boring sex that we have. And then we're going to take okay. it fast. We're going to go fast from that. Go like, fast from it. Yeah. And not do that anymore. So interestingly, this cookie thing actually kind of holds up a little bit. Like if these crumble cookies are as good as you say, yeah. We all have eaten, well, 
I have eaten dozens of like stale Nilla wafers at a time, Oh, you know, which is just a drag. It's like not good. It's empty. It doesn't feel Mm -hmm. good. It just is. It's like numbing versus like really savoring mouth watering. Can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Really savoring a, a a cookie or sexuality. And I think that's where we have to kind of appreciate that, that, pleasure and connection is about savoring and Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go ahead and describe the exercise because I think it's kind of weird to be sort of like, and later we're going to tell you about this exercise, but tell them already tell them. Basically it's based on the premise that you have this commitment to sort of rediscovering one another's bodies, one another's sexuality, like you were describing, like what feels good to me. And so it's kind of based on this idea that we're going to commit three days to this process on a, on day one, let's call it her day. And again, it is a sort of a heteronormative thing that we're describing. She takes a bath or a shower and, uh, you know, kind of prepares and he, you know, maybe lights some candles or whatever. And then she, when she comes, when she comes back into the bedroom, she lays down and naked and he goes over every single inch of her body. So starting at the crown of her head, like with her hair, you know, feeling her cheeks, her earlobes, like lingering, letting her give feedback, like, oh, that feels really good. Or mm. I don't really like that. Maybe you have carried trauma around your earlobes or mm-hmm. your neck or something. And mm-hmm. so, ooh, no, that doesn't feel good. You know, mm-hmm. um, going down her arms and her, you know, chest, the generally the, the breasts and vagina are last. Um, it is Did not an activity. Vagina. Uh, We're going to have to maybe. have a, a replay on that. <laughs> Maybe three let times just, over. Let me just vagina, vagina, vagina. Why don't we cut that part out? And then we'll no, just, no, 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 no. We're going to keep it. Generally, the breast and genitals are last. And that because it's not an activity designed specifically to arouse or to be explicitly sexual. It's designed to be exploratory. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just go through. And I think Emily Nagoski does a really good job of helping normalize even the exploration of the vagina. Like, what's down there and how does it work and what are the moving parts and where's this and where's that? Because not only do a lot of men not know that a lot of women don't know that. Mm -hmm. And so it's really kind of a sort of normalizing again, that we're just going to kind of get to know this body again. Um, Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of trust and a lot of vulnerability to set this activity up. But this is, this is what I think is so brilliant about it is that we're just trying to reclaim what this is for. Mm. Right. This is for pleasure and connection. So we're learning as much as we can. So day two, and, Wait, you know, hold on. You, I have to I have to comment on this for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I'm loving about this opportunity is you're creating a safe space to be able to actually kind of disengage from everything else and re-engage in just noticing your body. Mm-hmm. Because I'm imagining, you know, being on this bed, being touched up, and the touch that I'm feeling. So Emily would say this is very context dependent. The touch that I'm feeling where, uh, you know, we've kind of agreed, you're going to touch every inch of my body and I'm going to give you feedback. I'm going to mm-hmm. say that feels really good to me. Mm-hmm. I like it when your touch is actually maybe a little firmer or a little lighter or mm-hmm. like smaller circles or whatever it might be. Use the back of like your fingernails. I don't know. But in that place, it feels really safe to it be able to kind of lean in and say, yeah, I think that does feel really good. I mm-hmm. do really like that. But if I'm in the middle of doing something, uh, you know, I'm washing the car and my husband comes up behind me and gives me a swipe between my legs and it would feel good if I was laying down, I had candles lit and I was listening to lovely music and he was being Mm -hmm. really soft and gentle. 
that would maybe feel good. But the context of being outside in the public eye, I'm sweaty, I'm in the middle of doing a task and he swipes me the same way, mm-hmm. makes me want to turn around and, you know, like chew him out a little bit. Like yeah. I don't want to be touched like that. So I'm, I love the idea of setting a space to be able to say, does this feel good to you? Because mm-hmm. otherwise my husband may never touch me in that place because the only time he touches me when it, the context isn't right and I'm not feel it doesn't feel good to me. It feels prickly. It feels obtru- obtrusive? Uh, obtrusive, intrusive, intrusive. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I appreciate the context of be, get in a place where you feel safe and explore. And I love the feedback piece of mm-hmm. verbally telling your partner, I like that. You know, I would like it if you actually did it in this way. If mm-hmm. you like tugged on my hair rather than just ran your fingers through my hair. Yeah. We do this naturally too. When, when someone's scratching our back or giving us a back rub. Yeah. I mean, we're not shy about it. Oh, right there. Up, 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 left, left, harder, harder, harder. Like that's right. what we do. Yeah. Right. Like, or put your elbow right there, put your elbow right underneath my shoulder blade and just dig yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that information, that feedback is really good information for the massager. Right. Um, just like giving feedback about your body is really good information for the lover. And, you know, so day two, not surprisingly, it's kind of his turn. Right. He takes a shower or whatever and he wakes up and he he lays down and she does the same thing. She goes through every single part of his body and... Mm-hmm. um and genitals are last, um, in part because it's, again, it's not an activity designed to, for either one of you to orgasm or to have, mm-hmm. you know, to now listen, it, it, of course you're going to get harder. Of course you're going to get aroused. Like that's part of the gig sometimes. Um, but it's just, there's a measure of restraint that's built into the exercise. That's really mm-hmm. about discovery and feedback and learning mm-hmm. and not about outcome. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. And then, you know, you finish up and you, you, you're kind of, cause you're kind of done. You've gone from head to toe and then you go on a hike or you go have a meal or you go have a, a frolic. You just go play, just enjoy the rest of your weekend, uh, whatever sort of it is. And then the third day is really around a thoughtful, like, un, like not time bound exploration of everything that you learned in the last two days. You know, like we're going to try some stuff out. We're going to, we're going to mess around. We're going to. I'm going to explore this new part of your body or I'm going to, you know, deepen my understanding of this part versus that part. And maybe we have sex and maybe we have some oral sex and maybe we have whatever, but it's, again, the idea is we are, we are leveraging new information mm-hmm. to, to experience pleasure and connection with one another. That's, that's the basic premise of this exercise, which then again, I think just sort of opens up opportunity for maybe the rest of the journey. Okay. So I'm imagining some of the younger couples that are a little more uh, inexperienced where maybe you've only had one partner that is your partner, your spouse, um, and you are not really aware that like, let's say, for example, like men have a prostate. And so anal Mm -hmm. play is really uh, like pleasurable for them. But if that's something where you you never had a partner before that enjoyed anal play and you've never tried it with your partner, it's not going to be, I'm guessing, like a, a zone that you necessarily go to or that mm-hmm. you feel comfortable sort of teasing and playing and saying, how do you like this? Do you enjoy this? So I'm imagining it being really important for you to be able to communicate to your partner, here's things that I know I love on my body. Like I really love pressure in this specific part of my body. I really love Mm -hmm. it when you touch this part of my body. I really love like a tongue in my ear. 
Um, and if you're able to know yourself, your own sexuality and your body, I think that would be really helpful to be able to communicate to your partner. Like as you're exploring, will you try this out on me? I mean, we haven't done it before, but I know Mm -hmm. maybe with previous partners or I've seen this on pornography or I've seen this on a movie. It looks really interesting and intriguing to me. Give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. I like that idea, but I'm curious if that's a piece that Tina talks to you about of it's really helpful to know your own body. Yeah, I think that. I think for sure. I mean, part of what you're saying that I'm a big fan of is this idea of like, let's just try it out. Let's try it out. If we find out we don't like it, we don't like it. But it's not like a, it's not like nobody's forcing the issue. We're just kind of learning. We're just sort of, and I don't know if I like that, you know? Oh, oh, oh no, I definitely don't like that. Is, uh-huh. is more the spirit of it. Like, stop, stop it is really different, right? We don't, uh-huh. we're aiming more for the first than the latter. I think right. what you're describing uh, when you're out washing your car and your husband comes by and kind of just, you know, swipes, swipes at you, there's something about consent that's missing, right? Yeah. Like, and so this exercise ha- has to be done within the spirit of discovery and consent. Like, mm. can I try this part now? Can I right. put my finger here? Um, can I do anal play right now? And maybe the answer is no. And that can be okay. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Um, yeah. So I think that that's all part of it. One thing I want to emphasize too, is that this is not for the faint of heart. You don't, don't just like try it out this weekend. Right. You sort of prepare yourself and you, uh-huh. you create the contract and the understanding and, and maybe it is stewarded. Maybe you do look into one of these workshops of Tina's um, mm-hmm. or you, you know, reach out to somebody who's going to specifically kind of facilitate something like this with you. Mm-hmm. Um, d- definitely don't set yourself up for failure just because you heard a couple of guys on a podcast say, I think we should try this idea. Like you need, <laughs> yeah. but here's the other piece of this, which I think is part of why I end up in this conversation a lot with a back rub or with sex or this exercise. One of the things that, that, that we, that one of the benefits is our body is very clear often about what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Our body, your body is going to give you information from your nervous system that says, Oh, that's, I like that. Or deeper, like, uh, you know, harder, your body's going to help you. That. Your soul, your mind, your heart doesn't do that as quickly. Um, you, but it is part of learning how to become a good lover is to find out like what wakes, what arouses your soul, what arouses your heart, what arouses your mind. And becoming a better lover by doing more of those things, mm-hmm. whether that's thoughtful conversation or more humor or, um, you know, just show that you're interested in my, my, the podcast that I listen to or whatever. Like there's lots of ways that you can get information from your, just your ethos or your aura. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if those words are either, either of those is the right <laughs> word, but it's just from, from yourself, from your whole self right. and give that information away so that your partner can be a better lover. I mean, and again, yeah. this is a experiment or sex experiment, sex experiment, sex, sex experiment. experiment. Is that a word that I just invented? Yeah. Um, and, but I think it also works in kind of the emotional and intellectual space as well. And um, sometimes that's just worth carving out time to make sure that you have uh, space for curiosity and discovery. Hmm. I think we will have a lot of couples that are going to be like, wow, we just made a three day commitment. And that's mm-hmm. all we're asking for you to do is look at your calendars and decide when will we have the ability to relax, fully relax. And Mm -hmm. so if you're looking at scheduling this, it might be, okay, I know that the kids are going to be away on a sleepover, or maybe Mm -hmm. you send them to grandma's house for the weekend or just for a night, but give yourself the greatest opportunity to be able to put your cognitive load on the back burner for a Mm -hmm. little while. 
And if you're thinking it's going to be hard for me to lean into the candles and the music and the touch when I know that my kids are downstairs sleeping, then get them out of the house, you know, like talk to some of their friends and say, Hey, I I think it'd be really nice if my kids spent the night at your house this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, this is, again, I'm telling people all the time, what, what we're just describing, what I just described is really kind of like varsity level intimacy activity, Mm. you know, like if you're not a varsity level, like it's okay. Ease in like plan, just a Mm -hmm. plan, just in a, do it with a back rub, do it with a back rub, just figure out what, what what happens or a foot rub or just do it with, um, speculate, thoughtfully speculate. Like, I think I'd be, I think I'm more into this or more into that. Like, I don't know, but don't, don't do nothing because you can't do all of it Mm. is is maybe Mm -hmm. my point. Like Mm -hmm. that's sort of, I mean, we come back to this all the time, sort of it's the little things consistently over time that actually create the foundation for, and for sort of the bigger stuff. And this is, this is, this is one of the bigger things that you could sort of use as an intervention, but there are tons of resources. There's no shortage of resources about how to do some of this stuff. So. Well, enjoy your sex experiment, everyone. And if you want to report back, let me know if there's words that we said on the podcast that really made your uh, hackles go up, like, (laughs) let us know. Yeah. I, we said yeah. I, they do. I, they let me know on a regular basis what, do they? whether or not I say things on the podcast that they like or don't like. Yeah, who was most offensive today with uh, mentioning dungaroo, dungaree, Dungarees. dungaree? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's land this plane. And um, as always, you can email us at info at marriagetherapyradio.com or hit us up on the Instagram. It's Marriage Therapy Radio. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. So today I mentioned um, a colleague of mine, also my clinical supervisor, which I I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you that. She's not allowed to tell you that because of confidentiality, but I'll tell you that. And I'm a huge fan of her. We've had Tina Shermer Sellers on the podcast, episode 69, if you want to go back and listen to what she has to say. But she does have retreats that she runs from time to time. Zach attended one of her retreats. I will likely volunteer at one of her treats as a professional. Um, But if you're interested in knowing more, you can always go to the website nwioi.com forward slash retreats to learn more. It looks like the December workshop is already sold out, but there is one around Valentine's Day. So you can check that out. It looks like there's also one coming up in Colorado in fall of 2023. So you can plan your vacations ahead Thanks for all of your time and attention, making relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.